0: So, I'd ask you um, just to follow with me from Luke chapter 8, verse 43, and we're going to read down to verse 48. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon the physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. It stopped. It ceased. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. When the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. I just ask you to bow with me in prayer as we consider his word. Oh Lord, we thank you for preserving your word, and that we can open it now and read of the true account of a woman like many of us, all of us, Lord, a woman with difficulties with a life, and yet, Lord, uh, we see our Lord Jesus extending grace and love towards her. This this lady who no one else really noticed, knew was there. We pray that you would help us to learn from her, learn from her situation, most of all learn from our Saviour. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, and we ask for his help now in understanding your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So there is a small sign up in Auckland where we reside uh, outside a a Korean church, and I can't understand any of the writing on this uh, sign for the Korean church except for where they've decided to write in English, um, a small caption underneath a cartoon picture. This hand-drawn picture is a picture of a man, maybe Jesus, kneeling before another person and washing their feet as Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And the little caption written underneath that picture says, Heart heart to God, hand to man. And uh, it, it speaks so much of what the Christian life is meant to be about. And Jesus illustrated that in, in John chapter 13. This, uh, there were so many people. If you look through your Bible, you'll see so many people, when Jesus healed people, He physically placed his hand on them. When I was growing up, I I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, and my mother was interested in the New Age movement. So we attended meetings with other people that were doing the same thing, and they had a very similar setup to a charismatic church where, They believe that if they could place their hand on someone, maybe just have their hand above, the energy from your hand would help heal that person. And I remember participating in this as a 12-year-old, experimenting, I suppose. Um, But why did Jesus do that? I would like to ask that question. Why did Jesus... Make the point of physically placing his hand on someone. That is a very interesting thing to think about because there are so many people that he, that he did this to. Um, and I'd encourage you to, to, to make that a study, to study these two words in, in your concordance uh, in the Gospels, the word hand or hands, and the word touch. Um, in some cultures, you know, we we're not we don't like touching um, other people. It's, uh, we're taught not to. And then in other cultures, <laughs> they can't help themselves. They love they love doing that. Um, but we see our Lord Jesus touching people. He would just place his hand on them as he healed them. Have a look in Ma- uh, sorry Matthew chapter eight. In your Bibles, Matthew chapter 8. And we read of a man who had leprosy. Someone who you normally wouldn't want to touch in everyday life. And in their culture, it was a big, big no-no. The lepers were to, be, to stay away. But Jesus in um, Luke chapter uh, Matthew chapter eight it says in verse one When he Jesus was come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him, and behold there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus also healed Peter's mother-in-law in Matthew chapter 8 verse 14 and 15. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever and he touched her hand And the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And then if you look in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Now when the sun was setting, All they that had any sick with various diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So we see every single person there. Jesus made the point of laying his hands on them. So I want to ask that question, is there some magic in this and I think that is what we were trying to replicate when I was 12 years old is something energy and it was just all mixed up it wasn't biblical but there isn't this okay now you place your hand on there and you pray and it's not like that I think that Jesus was communicating something to everyone that he did that to that he cared for them it's so simple isn't it there was there's a man at where one of the places I work at he I only see him every so often I'm a a commercial cleaner so most people don't see me I clean their desk and I uh, clean their chair and I make things tidy and that and I don't get to see most of them, but I I come up with an idea of what these people are like. And one day I met this man, his name's Mike. And he, as I was bending over to empty his bin, his rubbish bin, he placed his hand on my shoulder. And that's really different for a man, especially to do that to another man. But he was communicating simply that he appreciated what i was doing and that he cared and we've we've shaken hands as well on on another occasion i've just got that feeling that that is what he is trying to communicate so and i believe at least that is what jesus was doing There, there there may have been more i mean there was more but there was at least that and that is something that we can all do we we don't have that gift of healing um, like Jesus did, but we can heal in a sense by just just a, a caring touch when appropriate. S- so, <clears throat> but then there are other times when people touched Jesus. Have a look in Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Another multitude are there around Jesus. In Luke chapter 16, verse 17, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, in the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, when they were vexed with unclean spirits, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him. Why? For there went out virtue, power out of him, and healed them all. And then we come to this woman in Luke chapter 8, who repeats that same process. She just wants to touch Jesus, and she believes that if she does that, that she'll be healed from her long-term disease. I'd like us to consider four things this morning. Firstly, the unseen woman, an unseen woman. Firstly, her unseen touch. Thirdly, the unseen power of God that healed her. And then, fourthly, her humble confession. So let's consider, firstly, in Luke chapter 8, the unseen woman like i said before her story intercepts it get it it interrupts jairus's story here is a man jairus who we read of in in just two verses before in verse 41 and behold there came a man named jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying, but as he went the people thronged him. So this man is desperate for Jesus' help, desperate because his one only daughter is dying and he falls before jesus feet begs for his help and jesus makes the move okay let's go let's go to your daughter but then this this crowd just surrounds them and it's like a it's like gridlock on the motorway it just oh no we're not just we're not going as fast as we'd like you can imagine maybe a little bit of panic and in gyrus's thoughts and then and then uh let's just consider the 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 girl how when she went how when jesus finally got to her what happened there in verse 49 while he yet spake there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house so before they got to the house this one this messenger came saying to him your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Don't get, Don't even bother talking to Jesus. Your daughter is dead. But when Jesus heard it in verse 50, he answered and said, Fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept and bewailed him her. So, there's all these people basically weeping over a dead girl, and Jesus comes into the into that that setting, and he says, he says, "Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth." And the crowd, they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out. And look at that. He took her by the hand, physically touches her hand. He took her by the hand, and then he called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose. Immediately, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they would tell no man what was done. So here is this man, Jairus, a man of status in his community. He was highly esteemed, well respected, a man of position and honor, but a man who was helpless. Helpless. Helpless to save his precious twelve year old daughter from death. His one only daughter. The the, the wording there is, is exactly the same as what is what is used in John chapter three, verse sixteen, of God loving the world and giving his only son. This girl was Jairus' only daughter, only child. And this man, no doubt against the advice of his peers, of people that he associated with, no doubt he went against their advice because he was desperate to save his daughter's life. And so he sought Jesus' help. And praise God, he did that. And Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. This you would assume would be the, the a, a wonderful opportunity to prove to everyone that had just laughed at Jesus of who Jesus was. Imagine you're at a funeral, the person has been dead in our in our setting for a few days, and someone walks in. During in the funeral and says stop crying everyone they're not dead It just seems completely crazy doesn't it <clears throat> but Jesus of course being God it was in full control and this girl comes to life and you think that would be the perfect opportunity for Jesus to prove who, who he was but instead he does what he often does he tells everyone to keep it a secret. And I believe Jesus is doing what Philippians 2 said he was doing, making himself of no reputation, just becoming a nobody. He was always pointing to the Father. Jesus was always pointing to the Father, lifting the Father and humbling himself as we should. But this woman... In Luke chapter 8, verse 43, she was very different to Jairus. She isn't named. Jairus has the privilege of having his name recorded in our Bibles, but this woman, her name is not recorded. She is a nobody. She's a nobody with no money in a whole lot of troubles. She's an outcast. She's untouchable. Untouchable. Unnoticed and long forgotten. And sometimes we might feel like this woman. Our troubles are great. Once we had dreams for our life. And but those the years have passed and we have not achieved those dreams. Maybe we've made wrong choices or maybe we didn't make a wrong choice. Something just happened to us as to this woman and it slowed us down. And we've maybe even spent much money and time to escape our problem and have gotten nowhere and uh, that's it it is universal that feeling that 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 feeling of discontentment and sometimes of trouble but there is one the same one we read off here there is one who can help and he's not far away from any of us but first of all first of all, you must reach out to him. In a sense, touch Jesus by faith. See, it wasn't the touch exactly, it was her faith that made her whole, gave her peace. Like this woman, you must touch the Savior. I'd like to just go a little bit deeper with the, with her situation to think about what it was like being her with her disease the ugliness of her disease this we read of this flow this issue of blood a continuous flow for 12 years This according to God's law in the Old Testament made her unclean. Have a look in your Bibles in Luke chapter twenty five sorry (laughs) Leviticus chapter fifteen verse twenty five and here is God's law given on Mount Sinai as we considered before Um, Luke chapter fifteen given to the Israelites. uh, Verse 25, And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation. So there there in their context, a woman was expected to take time out. And in some cultures this this happens. i visited a place in Papua New Guinea, and they had a separate house where where woman slept there and stayed there. It was just something that they had passed down through the generations. And that is what was to take place here. Um, so she was to, to, to uh, a time of separation. All the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. <coughs> Every bed whereon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation. And whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth day she shall take unto her two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and bring them unto the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation." And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for the issue of her uncleanness. So we see there what this woman was waiting for. Normally it was a week or two, a few days, but for her it was 12 long years of separation of being called according to the Bible unclean she could not go to the temple as other people could and, and um, worship God as other people could she was separate and over time she had just become a nobody we might be you know, you might think about her, her disease and think, ah, yuck. <laughs> um, that's just, but that's what life is like, isn't it? It's, it's normal in the sin-cursed life to ex- sometimes experience horrible things, things that, that just aren't nice. But there's two things that we need to realize. Firstly, our sin far worse, far more terrible, I would say ugly before God. He hates sin. Our sin is far more repulsive to God. And then regarding her blood, our Lord Jesus experienced the bloodiest and most gruesome death for our sins. So let's remember what our Lord Jesus had to go through. So we've considered the unseen woman. Now let's consider her unseen touch and have a look in uh, Mark chapter 5, which is a parallel passage. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. And we read a little bit more about what was going on in this woman's mind and why she touched him. In Mark chapter 5, verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press, this crowd, this squashed-up crowd, excited crowd, she came in from behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. So she heard of Jesus maybe like you have had in your life hopefully you have maybe a long long time ago or maybe recently she heard of Jesus and she sought to humbly approach him not like Jairus from in front stop this crowd you know and and bow before him she didn't have that reputation that would allow her to do that Instead, she approached Jesus from behind where she wasn't noticed. It required her to squeeze in through the crowd and maybe she saw just a glimpse of his clothing where she could reach out and touch him. Her faith was strong enough to believe that's all she needed to do. Think about all the money and time and hopeless exercise that she'd gone through and gotten nowhere with her trouble and yet she believed all she needed to do was touch Jesus' clothing that's how strong her faith was that was enough now this word touch it's an interesting word it doesn't mean just to, just to, quickly, briefly, just nick like you, you, you when you're playing tiggy and you're running around and you, and you just get them and you say I got you and uh, it's this is a hold to cling to. She she had to squeeze through that cloud and then she crowd and then she had to. Hold on to Jesus' clothing. Not yank it, but just hold on to Jesus. And that's what she did. Do you see the connection here between her hand touching and her faith? Real faith in God is not just in here or in here. you You cannot contain your faith just inside your head. It must express itself if it's true faith from God. It will express itself in your everyday life with your hands, with your actions. And that's what real faith does. She acted, she expressed her faith in this way and we too in confession, in our prayers, Jesus isn't in this physically in this room, but just the same. We our faith causes us to fall down before Jesus in our prayers and touch him by faith. Let's consider the unseen virtue, this power that came from Jesus in Luke chapter 8, our main text, Luke chapter 8, verse 46. And I think this is the most exciting part of the story. The unseen virtue. Uh, Jesus said, somebody touched me for I perceive that virtue has gone out from me. It's the same power that Jesus spoke of in the Lord's Prayer. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. It's the same power that Jesus will return to earth with. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 40, I'll just read it, uh, verse 30. Matthew twenty four thirty. Then shall he appear. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The same power is extended secretly to this woman personally. To this woman, the power immediately stopped her disease. Yet this power, this awesome power, is completely unnoticed by everyone else. No one else sees this transaction take place. And even Peter and the, and the other apostles, they, they say, what are you talking about jesus there's all these people pressing up against you let's pretend we're we're all trying to squeeze in through that door there all of us trying to squeeze in through that door there and you're halfway through and you say someone touched me (laughs) that's what's going on and jesus the the disciples can't understand what's happening here And, and peter just has to speak up as he often does but her experience was personal and your experience of God must be personal. You can't live the Christian life surviving on what your parents, or your brother, or you, or someone you love, or a friend has experienced. You have to experience God yourself, His saving power, in your life. His holy power in your life. Now let's consider lastly the humble confession in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 45. The humble confession of this woman. Luke chapter 8, verse 45, Jesus says, Who touched me? who touched me when all denied Peter and they that were with him said master the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me and Jesus said somebody hath touched me for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me and when the woman saw that she was not hid she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared unto Jesus before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. this begins after she's healed she could have just gone her way and no one would have known what had happened it could have been her little secret you know maybe she was shy afraid of crowds and 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 such things and she could have just left it there but jesus stops everything isn't this marvelous here he is walking to Jairus' house quickly. Jairus' daughter is going to die soon if you don't get there. And then Jesus says, hang on a second. Let's just stop what's happening here. And who touched me? <laughs> uh, what What is Jesus doing here? Why does he say that? And I believe what he's wanting to do is highlight this woman he is wanting to point out to this dear woman as verse 46 says somebody has touched me she's not a nobody she's a somebody and then he calls her daughter I looked it before when I asked Greg to come and pray in Hamish to read, and I called you brother. And I don't really know you that well, but to know that you are my brother, and all of you, if you are, trust in Christ, if you are born again, we are brothers and sisters. And this woman who was a nobody in everyone else's eyes, to Jesus, he calls her daughter. Isn't that marvellous? But Jesus wouldn't let this go, would he? He wanted to stop what was happening and to point to this woman that and consider that she was precious to him and that he loved her and cherished her. And she responds humbly before him. I think he was walking along in the direction towards Jairus's house and she touches him from behind and she, he turns to her, to where she is. It's a marvelous account. Jesus shows us what is important. Her faith is important and her peace. He says in verse 50, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Sorry, I read the wrong verse. Verse 48. (laughs) Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. It's the same words that Jesus used at the end of uh, Luke chapter 7 which is one of my favorite passages. Verse 50, I believe. Luke chapter 7, verse 50. He says to the woman who he had forgiven, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. So I'd just like to finish with these thoughts. In your trouble... Your daily life, in your daily life, do you believe Jesus can heal you, help you, help you in your everyday life? Do you believe He can? Do you see looking out into the community? Who do you notice? Who do you stop to think about and to help? Is it just the person that is nice? Or is it the average nobody? Do you count them as somebody? Jesus did. Jesus did. And I want you just to think about this, To ask, for us to think about this. It was her need that brought her to Jesus. Her need brought her to Jesus. She had this terrible disease, and yet it was through that that she came to know Jesus. Maybe you have an experience like that, where there was something in your life that was difficult and hard. And, But I can tell you in my own life, um. <clears throat> I was invited to as I wasn't a Christian and someone a, f- a guy at school um, stood up for me. I, I really struggled with um, with bullies and that, it still affects me now like 25 years later <laughs> um, but Paul told them to get lost. he had earned my attention, my friendship. I stuck to him like glue after that. (laughs) He invited me to church, to a camp, and I was saved. So it was difficult circumstances that God used to bring me to him. So maybe we can see difficult circumstances in that light too. Pray that God would use us and use those circumstances to bring others to Jesus. When you're helping someone in real need as this woman, you have the perfect opportunity, maybe just a hand, a physical touch, words that can help. There was a woman, I was telling Laurie last night, a woman at Mercer as I was driving home and I was tired I'd been driving for hours uh, driven from Auckland to Pio Pure. that's three hours mowed the lawn, sounds crazy did some tidying and then drove back to Auckland and it was about seven or eight o'clock at night dark and I get to Mercer and I'm hungry I'm just keeping my eyes open and I think I need to stop and get something to eat and before I turned off the key this this woman she walked in front of my van and then she walked to the side of the door and I thought she wants to talk to me gulp you know I don't know who she is it's dark and what the circumstances are please lord help me here I said so I opened the door and I asked her can I help you and she said I need to get to Papakura and I don't think I've got enough gas do you think you could give me some money for petrol I've heard this question a few times You know, sometimes people they want money so they can buy something else instead of what they ask you for and I was no there's no one else with her so I thought I'm safe and so we walked over, I walked over to the petrol station and she drove over there. She was so excited and I thought, this is different. <laughs> and uh, she was really nice and I said to her, so do you want me to fill up the car? And she said, oh no, I don't need that much. I've never heard that before. Most people would say, yeah, fill it up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I said, um, no, I only need 10 or $15. And I said, what about $50? No, I don't need that much. $30. $20, I said. She goes, okay. And I had this gospel tract in my pocket. And I realized there, as we shook hands, that I had the perfect opportunity to witness to her I had gained her attention and we talked for just three or four minutes and she took that tract and I didn't even get her name I'm praying for her but it just hit me there how, what, how that, that opportunity presents the, a wonderful opportunity to witness to someone so I encourage you to think about the people around you as Jesus did. To to encourage them to look to Jesus, but help them with their everyday needs with just your hands and what you can in a practical way. And just look at people as somebody, not nobody's. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just uh, bow in prayer. Our Lord in heaven, we, we thank you for this woman. Her name is not recorded, but her her circumstances are. And her humble confession before you we pray you would help us Lord in our everyday life when we are walking in a direction doing our thing to just stop and think about the people around us and consider how we can bless them how we can tell them about you Lord we long for people to come to know you and I do pray you'd bless God News Baptist and in my church, Faith Baptist in Northcote, to, to love people, to care for them, to help them. Lord, we pray that you would humble us and that we would be like this woman and that we would just enjoy most of all hearing you, knowing that you consider us as your son or your daughter, knowing that Jesus secured our salvation through his innocent death on behalf of us. We pray for Pastor Scott, Lord, that you'd bless him and uh, use him mightily. And I just pray that you would uh, bless the congregation here with with uh, a desire, Lord, to help each other, to look out for one another, and then together to reach out, Lord. We thank you for the people playing here in in the school, and that that see the church operating here, and we pray you'd draw them to you, Lord and that you'd use us with people in their difficult circumstances to point them to you, Lord. Help us redeem the time. In Jesus' name, amen.